afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. I am Rob Port. Good afternoon to Teal House Friday going for you. Oh, it is fabulous. It is going to be an outstandingly beautiful weekend, and it's my birthday tomorrow. Well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. I hope you have a, a wonderful birthday, but we got a busy show, so we're going to get <laughs> right to it. You know, we uh, you, you've probably seen the headline. Yesterday, Congressman Kevin Kramer had a uh, a couple of town halls in the Bismarck-Mandan area. The Mandan event, it got a little rowdy. And it's, it's I mean, the video's on, like, national media and stuff now. It, it was kind of an ugly situation. And actually, joining me right now, I have Congressman Kevin Kramer, uh, as well as, uh, Congressman, welcome to the program. Thanks for the time. Thank you for the opportunity. I also have uh, the gentleman who was the, the co-star in that video, uh, Mr. Mike <laughs> Quinn from Hazen, North Dakota. Mike, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Ron. You know, uh, earlier today, Mike and I were talking, and, and Mike, you, you said you had something that you wanted to say to the congressman. you want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, well, first, I would like to thank him because he is courageous about having these town meetings, and he is open and accessible, and I think he sets a good example for Heitkamp and Hoven. They should hold town meetings like uh, Kramer does. And also, I had the opportunity to talk to him uh, prior to the meeting yesterday, and he was very cordial and willing to listen and very accessible. And this is what we need out of representatives. If only Kramer was a Democrat. But <laughs> I, I, would, I would like to apologize to him. Uh, when I tried to put money in his pocket, it was inappropriate, and I shouldn't have done it. And I hope he accepts my apologies, and I hope he uh, realizes North Dakotans are harmless and he'll continue to <laughs> hold his meetings the way he does. I would like to give uh, my explanation of what sure. happened. Well, first, uh, let's, 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 get, first think, let's get the congressman's response to that. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, a couple of things. First of all, I appreciate that a lot, Mike, and... and um, of course, I accept your apology. And quite honestly, Rob and Mike, as you know, Rob, this doesn't surprise you. I don't offend easily, so I tend to be offensive because I don't offend easily. I think that we oftentimes, especially in recent days and years, um, as Americans, don't celebrate the opportunities we have to express ourselves nearly enough. And that there's nothing wrong with passion. That in fact, if you don't have it, you know, you, you probably ought to get a checkup because. A lot of this stuff matters, and we don't have to agree to, to have passion. And uh, so, so anyway, I, I, I won't be honest. I never felt threatened by Mike. I mean, others felt threatened on my behalf, but I never felt threatened by him. I just, I just know him as a North Dakotan with a lot of passion, and once in a while our passion gets best of us, and I've been, on, I've been guilty of that myself. So, so thanks, Mike. Well, Mike, hey, go ahead. What, what I, I would what, like to explain yeah, go ahead, Mike. Mike is the way this unfolded. Um, there was a woman there, and she should really be the focus of this whole thing, not me or not what I did. But the, the woman who was at the meeting, uh, she, she was tearful, and it was really sad, and she was crying, and she could hardly speak because she was telling the story about how she had a child born with some serious birth defects and serious problems. And she uh, was asking Congressman Kramer about repealing Obamacare, and uh, how it was going to affect her. And I guess when I thought about what was happening with the repeal of Obamacare, it's going to result in massive tax breaks 
Warren Buffett said guys like him are going to get a huge tax break. And uh, Congressman Cramer seemed to deny the fact that these tax breaks are going to occur. I did some research, and the for a person making a million dollars because of the Obamacare repeal, they'll get a $50,000 tax break. That means the head of uh, Cigna Insurance for the health care guy who's getting $66 million dollars he'll get a huge tax break of $330,000. And what ir- that began to irritate me when I thought about how this was happening. So I was getting in a bad mood, and somebody in the audience jumped up and tried to choke me while I was talking to Kramer at one point. That also got me agitated. And so I was in an agitated state. And I, when I found that, when I asked Kramer if this would result in massive tax breaks for the wealthy, he denied it. He said, no, this won't result in massive, massive tax breaks. Sure. But the New York Times says that it will provide the wealthy with $800 billion worth of tax breaks. Well, Mike, okay, let's, we, well, let's, okay, well, let's, let's, let's give the congressman a chance to, to respond to some of that. Go ahead, Kevin. So it results in, tax, in $800 billion in tax breaks for all Americans, people who pay premiums, people who use medical devices, people who have unearned income, people who have capital gains, people who have special needs children. And remembering all of these taxes that we are removing are taxes that were tax increases as a result of Obamacare. Oftentimes, if you take a tax and reduce it, people who make more money um, get a bigger tax break because they pay more in taxes. So that's, that's just basic logic. One of, the, one of the challenges that came up, and one of the things that you see a lot, Rob, these days, and I didn't think I'd ever see it in North Dakota, is this absolute hatred for people who make more money than somebody else does. And they, it results in this, they, pay, they don't pay enough, I should get more of theirs. They, are, they make more money, I should get more of theirs. And this is becoming more prevalent. I don't think it's as prevalent you know, around the state as it is you know, currently in town halls or recently in town halls. But So, yeah, it, it results in a, a, a specific tax break for for all the people who are paying tax increases as a result of Obamacare. Mike, I'll let you respond to that. Well, this is what Warren Buffett said. He was quoted in the New York Times. It'll be a huge tax break for guys like me. And as, the, as I said a minute ago, why, why would you take a health care away from a poor woman like that woman that was crying, take it away from her so you can give a tax break to a guy who makes $66 million. His income is $66 million. The, the guy who is a CEO for United Healthcare, he gets $66 million a year, and when Obamacare is repealed, he'll get an additional $330,000. Why, why can't that man be generous and help that woman who has a child who's going to need health care for the entire life of the child? Why, what is with this greed where these people who are making millions and billions can't pay their share of taxes? Well, I'll, so, I'll let the congressman answer yeah, that. Go ahead, Kevin. So you, you see the problem, Rob. This is, this is the, t- the typical left argument. People who make more money should have to give their money to people who make less. But let's get back to the, to the young woman. She never once asked, uh, she never once bragged about Obamacare. She was complaining about her current situation, her high deductibles, the, the uh, you know, the costs, 
she she never once said that Obamacare is great, nor did she say that that the American Health Care Act was going to be bad or or worse for her. She was. Well, what are you going to do for her? How are you going to take so, care of that woman? Well, Mike, Mike, sure. let's let's let the congressman sure. finish. Sure. Actually, the American Health Care Act will be much better for this woman than current than Obamacare currently is. We first of all have the same restrictions on pre-existing conditions. And by the way, this young woman, it should be noted, chose life for her child. Chose life. Very important message that she delivered and for which she should be, she should be applauded. And um, plus, through, our, through Medicaid, and, and if a, ch- a child on Medicaid, and she brought up Medicaid, and I don't know her specific economic situation, but through Medicaid, we actually put more resources in for for newborn children and and for the elderly and for um, the disabled than is currently in Medicaid. Part of what happened under Obamacare with Medicaid is Medicaid expansion took resources rather than added resources. So we have that. We have the additional uh, tax credits for people uh, up to who make up to $150,000 a couple. Her and her husband are a couple, obviously. And these credits are refundable advanced credits. Now, some of my conservative friends hate that because they think it's too generous and it's too much government intervention. Uh, now, now, do we know how it's all going to play out exactly? No, because the Senate's going to take our bill. They're going to do their own bill. They're going to take components of our bill, and we'll continue to work on it. But um, just to be fair, th- this woman was very teary-eyed, very concerned, rightfully so, understandably so, anxious about what's new because what's current has been so awful for her as well. I don't think anybody's really bragging about Obamacare, at least not, not her. Um, some people, though, Rob, want a single-payer system. I suspect Mike fits into that category. Other people want the, the government out of it altogether. We're trying to find a, a, a middle-ground safety net that's appropriate for a, for a country with our kind of economic power. And uh, but, but tax increases on more people isn't the answer. Well, ge- ge- okay. gentlemen, I, we could we could have a lengthy debate about this, but but we are running out of time. I, I think we can agree, though, that, that talking like this and talking about the merits of the policy is is preferable to shouting at each other, right? I, I think we can all agree <laughs> well, on that. There's no question about that, and, and really, for the most part, the, the, the town hall went very well, as did the one in Bismarck last evening, and and that's not to say more people agreed with me than disagreed that that was not the case, but we really did have some very rich dialogue back and forth. But I also think it's important to note that just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that you dislike somebody. Sure, Uh, It just means you disagree with them. Kevin, any thoughts to additional security at some of these events after what happened? Well, no, not really, because, you know, there were two police officers there, and, and like I said, I never did feel threatened. I will tell you, though, Rob, what's happened I've had a number of people now over the last few town halls that were there that are, they're more like me than they are like the other side, or they're, they're more supportive of our positions. They're sort of stunned by it, and almost they're stunned to the point where some left early. Uh, some talked to me afterwards and said I wanted to say something, but I was afraid, and that that's just not right. And they need to be a little bit bolder on the one hand, and on the other hand, I think we all can be a little more civilized. Well, gentlemen, we're, we're out of time. I appreciate uh, having you both on, and I, I hope we have this discussion going forward. And, Mike, thank you for coming on uh, and, and, and apologizing. And even though we're not going to agree on much, but I, I think it takes a lot to, to sort of uh, apologize <laughs> like that. So I appreciate, I appreciate you, you as well, Mike and, and Kevin. Uh, that's it. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY.
Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Email talk at WDAY.com. You can certainly call in 701-293-9000, We'll be guiding you into your lovely Friday afternoon with open phones. You got something on your mind? Call in. Let us know. Natil, I thought that was nice. Yeah, you know, I, I was glad that cooler heads prevailed and... Uh, you know, I have to, I have to agree with Mike on a lot of his points and a lot of his concerns, sure. but that's because I I share a lot of the healthcare concerns. If I were to ever end up on the individual market, that this woman in question is is facing with her child, and what I'm what I'm most glad about is that people were able to you know come back together after a heated situation and sure. say you know hey this didn't go quite right let's let's try to have a discussion again. Sure. And I was happy to play host to that discussion because that's what the Rob Report is all about, is bringing people together. Oh, is that what the Rob Report is all about? Well, today it was. Okay. Um, you know, here, here's the thing about what happened at that town hall yesterday. And there are people who promote that as a tactic. I, I don't know that Mike was part of that specifically. I think Mike, I think Mike's a passionate guy who heard some things that ticked him off. And I, I, I think he would admit he went a little overboard. Um there are people though who promote this as a tactic. Like we're going to go in and we're going to disrupt and we're going to try to create gotcha moments, outrage moments, you know, and, and we're going to film them and put them on social media and push them to the, to the cable news networks. And, and it's a tactic, right? It's a, a calculated tactic. And, and here's what it does though. I, I don't, I don't think it helps anybody. I don't think it helps the cause of the people who are engaging in it. I don't think it helps the cause of the other side. I think what it does is it makes us hate each other more. And that is the last thing that we need. Because ultimately, like like what democracy is about is is trying to find some sort of consensus, right? It's 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 about trying to find something that maybe isn't the thing that we all like, maybe it's not the optimal thing that we all want, but it's something that we can at least all live with, or or at least be satisfied that the process that produced it, even if we don't like the outcome was a fair and inclusive process, right? That's that's the goal, right? Because you're never going to make everybody happy. Not not when we have divergent opinions like yours and mine, Natil. You and I just, a lot of our points of view, they just don't overlap, right? And so we're going to have to pick one or the other in a given situation. And sometimes you're going to win and sometimes I'm going to win. And we got to find a way to live with that together. Um, and so I, I, I think what happens is, is that it makes us, Things like this town hall thing, and I would even go so far as the vitriol that is directed at, and I'm I'm not just talking about in the Trump era, you know, going back, you know, President Obama was, you know, oh, he was born in Kenya, and he's a secret Muslim, and all this hatred that was thrown at him, and then before that, President George W. Bush, who was, you know, compared to Hitler, and, and was, was this terrible fascist, and war criminal, and everything else, we do these things, we say these things, and we're so cavalier about what we say about each other that we forget the larger implications of saying those things about one another, right? Because, let's go for instance, because obviously I'm a conservative, so that's what I'm most familiar with. That's what's most often directed at me is this idea that I'm some sort of a Nazi or a Hitler or fascist or racist or whatever, right? Well, Nazis are not people who have we have no sympathy for right i mean nazis are like we put them in video games all the time i think because they're morally ambiguous right it's okay to slaughter nazis they're nazis 
But if we spend all this time calling one another Nazis, if we call a group of people Nazis, what does that begin to justify in our minds? Does it maybe begin to justify not letting them speak? Does it begin to justify violence against them? That's something we need to be careful about. I'll expound on this more after the break. More coming up straight ahead on The Rob Report. If you want to join in, 701-293-9000, We'll be right back. Don't go away. Too easy. Y'all just a waste of time. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Earlier in the program, we had on Congressman Kevin Kramer, along with that guy who, uh, Mike Quinn from Hazen, who, uh, well, he, he got a little testy with Kramer. He went up and I guess tried to put some money in Kramer's collar or something like that uh, and was just... Um, it was not good. The clips all over the place, all over the internet. It's on. I have some clips at sayanythingblog.com. It's been on cable news and everything. And uh, Mike apologized, and I thought it was a nice moment. Mike obviously uh, very sharply disagrees with Congressman Kevin Kramer. That is what it is, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. I may not agree with him. Natil sounds like she might agree with him, but that's all right. I don't hold it against you, Natil. We could still be friends. Um. So there's here's here's the, the point I was kind of making going into the break. I worry about the way we talk about one another, and I, I I don't think it's effective when we make outrageous claims about one another, right? I I think what it does is it causes people to dig in, right? I mean that's that's the immediate effect. Like if 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 you want to try to convince a group of people that they're wrong or they're pursuing the wrong policies or they have the wrong philosophy or whatever insulting them or demeaning them or accusing them of outrageous things is probably not going to be conducive to your goal, right? Because here's here's a reality. If, if you want to be able to govern in a democracy, if you want your point of view to advance, then you have got to build a coalition, right? No, no real political faction in this country is ever large enough for any sustainable amount of time to implement policy on its own. If it does happen, it happens very rarely. And so the best way to be effective in politics is to build coalitions. And you don't build coalitions by calling people who disagree with you Nazis and fascists and bigots or secret Muslims or terrorists or unpatriotic Americans or whatever. I mean, it's you insult them, you just get them to, 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 to dig in their heels, and they're going to be less likely to be persuaded by you. The other thing that I think becomes dangerous is when you go overboard with it, and I, I do think we are seeing it, and I'm, I am not exonerating the right here because the right does their fair share of this. But right now, I do think we have a problem with this on the left where it has become calling Republicans, calling conservatives racist, and not it has become so rote, so routine that people have begun to believe it's it's true, that it's that it's literally true. And, and, and because they have become... Because they've come to buy into some of the outrageous rhetoric, some of the over-the-top stuff, they have begun to feel justified in 
rioting as opposed to letting somebody they disagree with speak at a college campus or, you know, attacking property, you know, lighting fires, breaking windows, burning cars. I mean, we see this all. We see it on college campuses. We saw it here in North Dakota with the pipeline protests. I think it's dangerous when, when, a, when a group of people have convinced themselves that they're justified in, 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 in committing acts of violence, right? I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's, a, that, that's a dangerous line to cross, right? When you cross that line and you become convinced that the other side is so wrong, they're so evil, they're so awful, they're so terrible, that you're justified in violence against them or you're justified in silencing them or you're justified in violence against their property like that's that's a scary step to take and i i think it's something i i listen i get there are a lot of people out there who think trump is a is a terrible president i personally think he's a bit of a mixed bag and i get that but you're not going to succeed with violence you're not going to succeed with blanket cruelties or, or saying you know, cruel things about vast swaths of the American public who disagree with you. You're just not. 701-293-9000, Let's switch gears. You know, there was a story that caught my eye out of Minnesota. Um, now, Minnesota has one of the highest uh, taxes, excise taxes on cigarettes in the country. Uh, I believe they're number seven, seventh highest in the country. And so what happens is because they have such a high tax on cigarettes, it creates an opportunity for bootleggers, right? Because the bigger the tax, the more available margin there is for people selling cigarettes without the tax. You know, so for instance, the tax per pack of cigarettes in North Dakota is 44 cents. In South Dakota, it's $1.53. In Iowa, it's $1.36. Even in Wisconsin, it's $2.52. In Illinois, it's $1.98. These are the states which surround Minnesota. They all have taxes on cigarettes that are substantially lower than Minnesota's, and thus they are a source for cheaper cigarettes than you could get in Minnesota. And if you're not afraid to break the law, you can bring cigarettes across state lines and sell them for a significant profit in Minnesota. That's what Minnesota's tax does. Now, what happened is recently there were two gentlemen uh, who just pleaded guilty to the largest bootlegging operation for cigarettes that Minnesota has ever seen. And Minnesota's been dedicating a lot of law enforcement resources to this of late. And and to me, I, I think it's just remarkable because last year in North Dakota, we had a debate over cigarette taxes, right? It was on it was on the statewide ballot and it went down almost 63% or 62%, something like that. Well over 60% of North Dakotans voted against raising the cigarette tax. And I think what's happening in Minnesota right now is an example of the, 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 the bullet we dodged when we shot down that ballot measure. Because raising taxes to that degree, I think, creates an opportunity for criminals. Nor does it have nearly the deterrent effect on tobacco use that you might think it does. Anyway, I've got a post about it up at sayanythingblog.com. we got a caller, John. What's up? Yeah, I just tuned in about five minutes ago and caught the end of you were talking about how, you know, nasty everybody's talking these days. Sure. How just horribly, it, it's, uh, you just don't like it. Well, Donald Trump got elected. I'm not happy about it. I, it's my fault. Me, collectively, with the rest of the citizens of our country, uh, enough of us didn't vote against him. Irregardless, 
Hillary Clinton was a lousy candidate, very flawed, very bad. But I refuse to take any lectures from a conservative or a right-winger about the way we talk. Have you ever heard the way the President of the United States refers to people? Oh, yeah. I'm his use no of language, the way he talks about people, the way he insults his way through the Republican field. And all you people on the right sat there and put up with it, cheered it like you're losing your mind. I didn't. I criticized it. I didn't vote for him. Oh, stop it. You know. I, well, no. I mean, that's the truth. I was critical of it. Right. That's in the public record. You can go back and Google and find my articles about it. I didn't vote for him. I don't know how to. I don't know how to prove that to you. I can't, like, I guess, produce no, no, my ballot. I, but... I don't know you, but that's not my business. I'm, I'm talking as a group, okay? So I don't want you to feel. Well, I'm not, and I, I think, I, I think I made it clear when I was talking that I, I don't think, I don't think the left has a monopoly on this. I, I think because President Trump is in office right now, I think we're seeing this behavior manifest itself mostly on the left right now, and I, I do think it's a problem because I, I, I think the left has invested so much time in vilifying people on the right that they have come and we're seeing it on college campuses we're seeing it at the pipeline protests and the environmental movement they are feeling justified in acts of violence against people against property rioting and i i I think it's a little scary may i speak before you uh capsulize what i'm trying to say and uh you know take your final shots i the the fact of the matter is I'm a Democrat. I always have been one. Probably vote Democrat my whole life. And All right. How much further I make it, but I remember. And any person that has any knowledge about politics, and it happens on both sides. There's knuckleheads and knuckle draggers on both sides of the political sure. spectrum. I agree. But the whining and the crying and the poor me victimization that the right wing has, you know. Every time well, somebody does something that's a Democrat, can you imagine if they did that to Hillary? The whining, the right wing in this country is just pathetic. Well, I pathetic. think I, I, I think I think when I think when we have a toughest, I, got the toughest talking guy that's ever hit the whole. You know, I'm, I'm, listen, I, I, I think, the, the way know, the man is a disgrace, and the, I blame John, the Republicans, well, and I blame people like you, conservatives, John, thanks, for giving thanks. us what we've got. Thank, thanks for the call. Uh, listen, I don't think Trump, I think the way Trump talks and the way he conducts himself is why Trump has not built a political coalition that can last. I think he just happened to strike at a moment, but I don't think it can, I don't think it can last because he, he's not persuading. He can't build a coalition because of the way he talks, which goes to my point. Also, I don't think it's whining when we point out that Republican speakers, conservative speakers, right of center speakers, don't feel safe to speak on a lot of college campuses in America right now. That is a that is a fact, and it is it is deeply deeply troubling. It is also a fact that left wing environmental activists feel justified in property crimes and other types of violence. That's also extremely extremely disturbing. We got another caller, Jack. You're up. Hey Rob, thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, sir. I got to push back on that previous call. I was listening. I'm a center left Democrat. And, okay. you know, I, I got to give you credit because there's some articles you say on your blog that just drive me nuts. But there are sometimes you play it safe and down the line. And I got I got to agree with you. I think it's the who's ever in power. I mean, you saw this throughout the Bush years, right, right. where the dev, the left vilified the right. Right. Sure. And during the Obama's years, you had vice versa. OK, 
Obama's a secret Muslim and all that stuff. We communicate on it. Wouldn't you agree? What's that? I mean, I wouldn't you agree that the, it's the platforms that have changed that we communicate on that have amplified our voices? I mean, the, re- the reason Trump took off, I think, is because, you know, we all saw him as a, you know, a plain-speaking, one-of-us kind of guy, right? That's why he won with whatever majority of the yeah. vote, right? I think that's, well, I think that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are like, wow, he's just a plain talker. Because you saw Obama, and it was a lot of ums and pauses and very... Every, yeah, every, everything came out very every calculated, word. very, very... Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of us are, you know, uh, quick-tempered. Some of us are, you know, and, and for good or bad, right? But a lot of people said, God, you know, Trump, he's a clown. I get it, but maybe he might be able to do something. Clearly, he's not going to be able to do anything. I think it's falling apart. I, you nailed it perfectly. He can't build a coalition. It's, it's, it, he's not Ronald Reagan. That's, I think right. that's what he's trying to be, and clearly he's not. See, but he's not, um, because, because, because Reagan, Reagan, I think, actually persuaded people, right? I think, I think exactly. Reagan yes, brought Super, people Super in Neil. and said, yes, let's, 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 let's find a way to go together. Trump is not doing that, because Trump goes on Twitter and, and ridicules people and insults people, and he can't build that coalition. And... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that he'll only be a one-term president because I didn't think he'd make it through the Republican field. So what the hell do I know? Maybe he will. Maybe he'll pull it off. I don't know. But I, 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 I don't. I don't think it's a lasting coalition. I, I really don't. Um, I don't think so. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree, Rob? Though that I think both sides, who's ever in power, amplify. You know, I mean, it, it does. It's, we can't blame our Republicans or Democrats, conservatives. It, it, it or does. I mean, it does. But when, when Obama was in office, when Obama was in office, I think what changed is how we communicate with each other, right? During the Bush years, we had blogs, right? We had the advent of blogs. Yeah, and you had I was one of them, yeah. Website. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, during the Obama years, it was the instant access to Twitter, Facebook, even MySpace. To a yeah, it's, it's, become a, uh, it's become a lot more intense. And I, I hate to cut you off, but I do got to go oh, to a yeah, break. It's, yeah. be, it's, be, it's, become, it's become a lot more intense. Um, and, and you're right. It is right. The only thing is right now, I mean, I don't remember ever under the, during the Obama years when there was a time when there were parts of the country, college campuses or whatever, where liberals couldn't go and, and speak and feel safe. Um, that's happening right now on college campuses. I mean, we're not talking about like a white supremacist compound in Idaho that would probably be hostile to a liberal speaker. We're talking about Berkeley and Coulter can't speak at Berkeley. That is, I, I think, pretty far beyond anything we've seen in quite a while. All right, we got to take this break. I'm Rob Port. We'll wrap things up right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob reporting on 970 WDAY. Wrapping things up. Great discussion today, I think, about speech and, and the way we talk about each other. And I, I I think Jack, I think I think the point Jack was making, and I'm I'm sorry I had to cut him off, but we're on radio. We got time constraints. I, I think the point he was making though about the mediums, you know, social media has made, and and the rise of the internet has made everything a lot more intense. There's just a lot more of it than ever before, and it can get amplified a lot louder than ever before. And also, I I I, I think there's other uh, a, a, there's another effect there as well where. In order to stand out, right? Because it's such a crowded field now, right? Everybody, everybody out there is giving their opinion on Facebook and Twitter. I mean, there's hot takes all over the place. And, and so what, what ends up happening is, is it's, it's, you've almost got to be more outrageous to stand out. And I think that's true, not just on social media, not just among people who do what I do for a living, right? I, I think a lot of people go down that road and, and just, you know, clickbait or just say outrageous things or whatever, just to draw people in, to get people's attention. 
But I think the politicians do it too, right? To, to, to get attention for themselves, to get attention for their talking points, uh, to help them move up the ladder. They've got to be, you know, to, to sort of cut through the fog of all the of all the stuff that's that's available, of all the things that is that that are competing for people's attention to cut through that. A lot of people have decided that the way to do it is to be outrageous. It's to say outrageous things, to throw bombs. And it's I mean, it's not new to the Internet era. I mean, I mentioned Alan Coulter. She's made a living out of it. Right. I mean, Ann Coulter, I don't think ever really offers anything all that valuable to the discussion. Right. Ann Coulter is a right wing bomb thrower. And that's how she makes her living is she insults people who disagree with her. And she has an audience who is entertained by that. That's her job. I mean, that's what she does. And I guess I guess that is what it is. But I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it advances anything. I don't think it illuminates anything. It doesn't it certainly doesn't help build coalitions for conservatives that might help advance the conservative agenda. I think people like Ann Coulter, as a conservative, are detrimental to the cause. And so, listen, I mean, those of you on the left, these people who are, are blocking Ann Coulter from speaking at Berkeley, I mean, all you've done with that is you've made Ann Coulter look sympathetic. That, Which, by the way, is a pretty difficult feat to pull off. And when you're out there and you're calling conservatives Nazis, all you're doing is kind of ensuring that those conservatives aren't going to validate you. They're never going to concede that you have a point because you think they're a Nazi. Just take a deep breath, everybody. Just have, take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. That's it for me today. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. You can always catch me 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on 970 WDAY or 24 hours a day. Seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk again. And Atil, have a happy birthday. Thank you. I made it down the coast in 17 hours. Picking me up.